Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Today I have my producer Todd here with me. Thanks for being here, Todd. Welcome. Hi Amber, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So today we're doing a part two to our secular versus Christian entertainment. And what are we focusing on today? Video games. Heck yeah. (laughs) It's been a while since we've done one of these. I've wanted to do one again for a while because the the last one we did was actually is one of the highest listened to uh, podcasts that you have out. So let's continue. Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of people are interested in the um, Catholic perspective of, you know, the difference between Christian secular entertainment, you know, why Christian movies are so cringy. (laughs) We got into, you know, movies and TV in the first one with a tiny bit. We touched on books a tiny bit, but I think we decided we were going to save that as its own episode. Yes. Yes. That was a, it's, it's a big, broad topic of mine because books have been a huge part of my life since I was younger. So it's one of those that needs its own, you know, its own little podcast. So yeah, today we'll be focusing on video games. I don't have too much experience in video games. It's never been something that's really intrigued me that much, but I do know there is a lot of issues that revolve around video games, especially a lot of immoral things. So it'll be good to touch on that topic. Certainly. And I, and I am so old that I go back to the beginning of (laughs) the beginning of video games when they were actually, you know, much different, you know, there was really nothing ultra violent about space invaders or Pong, you know, right. And uh, most of your 22 to 26 year old listening demographic are going to be like, what are those games? Because they're (laughs) more familiar with like Xbox games and things like that. So, so I, I was there in the beginning of video games. And then I kind of, as I had like my adult life, I'd missed out on that whole Nintendo generation. That was more like my younger brother was in mm-hmm. that. And then I kind of got interested in it again with when like the Xbox and the PlayStation came out because they were like cinematic epics. Like the the graphics were so good and the way they the, the games were made was just you would watch these movie scenes unfold that were kind of unparalleled. And it was really addicting to get back into it. But The amount of violence in video games today is what really bothers me. And also it's kind of been an age old 
uh, thing now for a significant amount of time about whether or not violent movies, violent video games influence youth. Right. And there's a lot of theories behind school shootings and things like that, that maybe kids are desensitized to it's accurate. violence. You but know? I don't think it's just video games. I think that also feeds into um, the just in general, the content that they're consuming in magazines and video games, but also movies, TV shows and other things of that nature. When I was growing up, you know, I was in Boy Scouts, right? So, you know, you learned proper handling of things. You learned how to use a knife. You, you know, it, when you, uh, there, was, there was actually a version of the Boy Scouts a long time ago that actually taught you how to fire weapons, how to fire guns. That is, doesn't exist anymore, but I grew up, grew up with guns. And, you know, there was a proper handling of guns, what you needed to do with guns and where you aimed them at when you weren't using them and, you know, everything, even when you clean the guns, when you put them back together, when you, you know, weren't using them or how you handle ammunition, like all these things you were, it was really kind of drummed into your brain how to do it safely. You were really taught respect for the instrument you were using. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And today people are too used to seeing someone in a gangster movie, you know, holding their handgun sideways. And it's just, it's. I love how I did that as soon as you said that. Yeah, yeah we were thinking. <laughs> First exactly thing that comes to mind. <laughs> so this running gun mentality is what is, is programming children today. Mm -hmm. I had a chance to go out to the Columbine Memorial in uh, Colorado. Okay. Which was really, uh, which was really interesting to me. I, for, there's something about dark tourism that appeals to me. I like to go to these memorials and these different sites and see where these tragic things happen. And me too. They're solemn and they're they're interesting to see the history behind it, what happened. And those Columbine kids, like all, as awful as that was, there's interesting theories behind whether or not video games or movies might have influenced these school shooters. And, mm. uh, and they still aren't really sure because the, those two boys are dead now. And right. we'll never really know. There's just a lot of speculation about it. And, you know, that's in that school shooting is now a long time ago. And there's been so many more since then. Right. I and, also think with all of that, I mean, just to think about the amount of violence that are in video games, my experience with video games, like I had a DS when I was a kid, like Nintendo DS, um, <laughs> throwback. Yeah. Um, and I basically just played Lego Star Wars and <laughs> the Lego yeah. games. Yeah, they were really, they're not violent at all. And the people, like when you you kill them, quote unquote, whatever, they basically just break into Lego pieces. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's nothing violent. But when I was in high school, um, my parents got us a PS4. I never played it ever unless friends were over. And even then the repetition quickly bored me. I was never really into it. Like I was just like, oh, it was just boring. Um, but we, I would even play Grand Theft Auto. We didn't own the game, but my other friends had PS stations and we would play it. And I even found that boring. Like, I, oh yeah, sure. I liked running things over and I liked crashing helicopters into ice cream stores in the game. <laughs> but, but besides that, I would get bored after like 10 minutes and I'd just be like, all right, on to other things. I'd rather go outside. And I think that just shows the difference between maybe like female and male brains, but not just that, but also like the generation that didn't have video games. And then the generation that was raised with electronics. It's very contrasting. I tell you, I think I agree with you in a way with things like Grand Theft Auto, because there's just so much chaos mm -hmm. that you can do in the game that it just, it bores you real quick. It's like, well, 
there's no there's no really no rules here i can do whatever i want to do in this game i get tired of it quick versus a call of duty or right. a game like that where i'm in a strategy you know and what it does is it 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 p- puts your brain into a different place where there's 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 not any kind of chaos there has to be this very organized thing this teamwork the structure but you know someone gets executed at the end right so that's the that's the rub with the game is that your goal is still to to unlock these different things throughout your mission in an effort to kill someone you know yeah exactly (laughs) the difference is and i know sorry i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off i i I know um i came across this story once i can't remember where the heck i i heard it but i remember that one kid was basically driving extremely recklessly or doing something extremely reckless. And when asked why, he's like, sometimes I can't differentiate between when I'm in a video game and when I'm in real life. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) that's not good. (laughs) And so basically he thought he was in a video game. And because of that, he felt like he was in YOLO basically, (laughs) you know, he was immortal and he could do whatever he wants until he realized like, Oh, this isn't actually my video game. This is reality. And it's interesting to see how it actually does rewire our brains, you know, video games, especially marathon players of games that wind up spending more time in the fantasy world than they do in the real world. True. I think in in today's busy world, it's difficult for parents to screen everything that their children process. Yeah, And, and, you know, we've talked about some of this with film and television. I think that's true for music and for books, Um, but especially true for video games. Right. I mean, you can't constantly be on every single social media app your child is on at the exact same time as them. You never know exactly what they're coming across, especially in some of even the most like quote unquote, innocent apps like Snapchat is supposed to be super innocent. But when you go to the news side of Snapchat, the amount of crap that I see on there, and I don't even click on it. I just screenshot like the 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 titles and stuff and put it on my Twitter. I'm like, and on today's Snapchat story. And um, it's just, it's gross, honestly, the things that they're pushing on kids these days. Unfortunately, many of the video games in today's market are vulgar and violent Mm -hmm. and generally inappropriate for younger children that doesn't stop the youngest gamers from finding and playing these video games like they're going to find them i have an interesting study here that i'm going to tell everyone about about kind of the seductive pull of video games there's a group um, called the harris interactive youth and education research group they did a study, the most recent study they did was in March of 2007. So I'm sure that these numbers are, um, are much greater today than what this was, but this was the, the closest research I could find for the, this podcast. <clears throat> um, it says children spend more time at the computer or in front of TV gaming consoles than they spend on any other form of entertainment. These studies estimate that kids between the ages of eight and 18 are spending up to two hours a day playing video games. This can negatively affect their performance in school, their overall health and weight, and lead to aggressive behavior and video game addictions. Wow. So that was a 2007 study. So imagine how bad it is now. I imagine that this is greatly enhanced. So there is definitely. Just just the other day, 
I was hanging out with one of my girlfriends and we were sitting in her backyard and we were planning out this pilgrimage thing we want to do. And there were these two boys who were jumping off like there's this pool house in the back kind of behind their gate. And they're just like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. And they're like, oh my goodness. And he's like, I'm going to kick down this door. Like they were trying to they wanted attention, so to speak. And they're just like, dude, you can't do that in real life. He's like, why not? I did it in video game. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> wow. Like what? <laughs> You're going to have to change your friends group. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but it's just, and then me and me and my friend were looking at each other. We're just like, are these kids okay? Like what? what? Do their parents know where they're at and what they're doing? And so that's the other thing, though. I do feel like their parents would have to know that their kids are playing these games. Otherwise, well, most of these kids, at least if they're under the age of 18, at least they wouldn't have, you know, unless they were they have their own money. And I don't know. Their parents would have to have some idea of knowing either they hear it, you know, happening in the house or they see it or they know their kids, you know, being distracted 24 seven. Like there are so many tall tale signs that your kid is addicted to video games that as a parent you can't possibly ignore it you know and and just be like oh well I didn't know like no you had like you know it's just how do we satisfy gamers without sacrificing family values I think that's the real question here what are the options for sports put them in sports (laughs) (laughs) you mean sports video games yeah right (laughs) esports enroll them in esports (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Respawn. <laughs> I don't think that would. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, if you think about it, most gamers, the whole reason that they're addicted to games—at least this is my opinion. This isn't like you know, doctor certified or whatever—is because they crave brain stimulation. Right. And they get a lot of that brain stimulation, especially the men, that testosterone, because they're fighting the bad guy, quote unquote. And as kids, we would play games like cops and robbers and, you know, cowboys and Indians, which is apparently racist now for some reason and things like that. And that really satisfied us as kids. But as we got older, you know, you don't play those things when you get older. That's, you know, childhood stuff. And so they want this brain stimulation and this rush of adrenaline that they get during a video game. And adrenaline is technically a drug. <laughs> right. right. In our brains. <laughs> so what's the solution for, um, for parents in a God-centered family? What do, what do they do? You do? Are you saying outlaw video games for the kids? No. I mean, I don't think outlawing video games is like, the best thing to do but age appropriate video games is really important and putting your three-year-old on a video game is not smart in my opinion kids shouldn't really even have phones and stuff until they're like 13 14 and they need it for emergencies kind of thing um that's my own opinion that's what we were raised with i didn't get my first phone until i was 13 14 and that was because again it was a flip phone and it was for emergency situations that was just what a year year or two ago I know, right? <laughs> Only like, you know, oh my goodness, how old am I? Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. God, <laughs> I'm so old. I'm many parents have simply turned off video games in their households. This And I'm, this isn't a bad choice, but many kids are still drawn to that forbidden fruit and they're going to find their way to get their fix somewhere else. And I think the important thing is, is not to even let it into your house in the beginning. I mean, set those boundaries with your kid where it's just like, here's the games that are okay. Like we do have games that are okay. We have like Star Wars game, like Star Wars Battlefront. We have, um, we have like 
a, a battlefield two or something. It's a war game or something based in Vietnam. And then we have, um, we have like some Lego star Wars games. We have Minecraft and I don't know, does Minecraft count as like a Christian, <laughs> like a Christian video game? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but I don't know. Like there are video games that are okay. You know, like Minecraft and all those that I mentioned, like there are games, but parents need to really do their research into the games that they're buying their kids. When the kids go, oh, mom, I want to play COD or whatever. And the, that, the parents just like, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. And they just go and buy it for them. Like parents need to do their job and actually review what they're going to get for their kid and what their kid's going to be absorbing. Right. And it's okay to tell your kid, no, you know, you're their parent before you're their friend. And if your kid wants something that's immoral, it is your job as a parent to keep them on that narrow path. And when they become 18, older, whatever, they end up making their own decisions and stuff. You can't stop them from doing that. But as a parent, you need to set those boundaries and be like, these are the games that are allowed in the house. And these are the games that are not, you know, and that's not, <laughs> and that's not like toxic as a parent. I think nowadays parents think it's toxic to be a parent. Like, no, like you, you still, you still need to be a parent. Um, and if something's not going to be allowed in the house, make that clear, be like, Hey, this is not allowed in my house. Like cursing is not allowed in our house. This is not allowed in the house, stuff like that. And just have setting up that respect and those boundaries, I think is really important. Right. Mm -hmm. There is another solution too. And that is the Christian alternative of video games, which some people don't know exist. <laughs> <laughs> I I just googled it before we hopped on this to see like are there any Christian video games and I came across like three and they all had like horrible graphics so, so what do you, you got that's not all the case though so let me tell you something let me throw some numbers out here for you so okay. since 1980 there have been over 127 Christian video games that's there's been a lot though. yeah that's not a lot but but more than you would think more than i expected that there would have been since the beginning of video games mm. and i'm going to get into some of this historically you know i'm not saying necessarily you know this is the solution to things maybe no games at all are the solution or 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 what but yeah, there are some really good games and really good messages and at first glance i think it seems like the video game industry has nothing to offer young christians but a few media outlets have heard uh the, you know this kind of this frustrated call of parents and gamers alike and christian entertainment makers are finally catching on to the video game craze and turning the gore and sex dominated entertainment genre inside out with some new stuff and um these kind of these new faith-based games not only uphold the values that christian parents strive to teach their kids but also present bible lessons in a compelling new format and i think that's what's really interesting here why i want to touch on it a little bit um, the problem is you may not find them in the mainstream gaming outlets that sell Xbox and PS3 games because they still tend to not want to make these games. So these are going to be games that are going to be mobile friendly games or games that you play on .com sites, different right. things like that, because for some reason, Sony and Microsoft aren't really interested in catering to this market. Probably because it doesn't make them as much money. Exactly. Um, money. out there on google there's actually several different game review sites that discuss uh you know uh christ-centered gamer reviews or family-friendly gaming so quick google searches out there for parents will let them find 
um, review sites that will talk specifically about games that are good and decent games for your kids to play that may be, you know, nonviolent or non-confrontational right. type games. And I always wondered about that, like with Christian video games and things like how would that work? Like, would you be a prophet and have to do everything the prophet did? Because that could go really, really wrong if it's not programmed correctly. Like, there are so many things I feel like could go wrong with Christian video well, games. I'm going to touch on some of that, actually. Okay. Some of the types of games. I was, I was going to get into something else first, though, because I thought okay. this was really, I came across this and it said features to look for when choosing video games. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so... When you're in the video game store with your kids, pay attention to the packaging and the features listed on the box. Mm -hmm. Some stores have demos available to play, and this will give you an opportunity to kind of review the game before purchasing it. So as any dutiful parent, at least look at the box, <laughs> look at the description. <laughs> Don't blindly let your kid use his Microsoft points to download the, the thing he wants. Like at least do mm -hmm. some due diligence, even if it's quickly. If it's a combat game, look for an arcade-style fighting game instead of a bloody or deadly violent game. Smart. So the, many of these have more of a cartoony-type violence, which some parents are willing to accept over very detailed, gory violence. Like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> um, and better yet, if you find a cooperative game that someone can play with their friends or non-violent games for your friends, generally. So Minecraft. Or for, your, for your kids, I should say. Um, and violence isn't the only danger of secular video games. So keep an eye out for game characters and how they dress and the mm -hmm. language they use and try to weed out sexual overtones, four-letter words, rebellious talk. Many of these things are listed in the rating for the video game too. So yeah, some parents may not like how video game characters are dressed, how they're portrayed. I know in Grand Theft Auto, that was one of the big ones because on the cover, I guess you could see that it's like on the cover of the the, the DVD or whatever. It, it does have like immodestly dressed people and things, but it's very subtle because it like blends in. It's such a busy um, cover. It's such a busy graphic kind of cover that like you can't really notice it. You notice all the explosions. And I feel like a lot of times people aren't very observant. So they don't really take time to uh, like look at the covers they're just kind of, they just like take a slight look at it, like, okay, whatever. And then they just, you know, buy it. And so that's something I know when I would play it with my friends, the mom would just be like, um, I didn't think it was like this. And we we're just like, well, you bought it for us. So, <laughs> so be wary of titles like dead or alive, extreme beach volleyball, because mm -hmm. those are going to be typical video gaming characters that are dressed in very explicit bikinis yeah and you can imagine all those games now that's an older game that's a 20 year old game there but there's still games that are like these that took characters out of their normal costumes and put them in almost nothing right and uh, you know that's just a that was another another way the video game industry hooked people into buying nearly essentially almost pornographic games i would call it that yeah for sure another thing for parents is to choose games that are uh, that offer something educational or inspirational so instead of mindless button mashing um spend time playing other types of games maybe even card games things like that with, oh yeah uh, like board games kind of yeah board games card yeah. games all kinds of things games. and a talk and play those with your children and talk to them about the values that they can apply in real life one of the yeah. best, one of the best games you can ever play with your kids is apples to apples. 
I love that game. <laughs> I don't know it. It's basically like a kid-friendly version of like um, Cards Against Humanity. Okay. And it's like extremely cute. There's like these adorable little apples and like they're, it's a card game and you have to like make the, like you have to put in your card that best applies to the card drawn by the other person. Oh my gosh. It's the funniest game ever. It's so clean. It's adorable. That's funny. One thing is an absolute here, I think for people to know, and that is that your child will be influenced by the games they play. So we have to keep this in mind. So make sure to mm -hmm. choose the games that pull them in a direction where you want them to grow. So if you take anything from this podcast, take that. Yes, please. That sentence, because that's really the most important thing. Yeah, because at this point, the kids will be influenced by anything in their life. But if you think about it, the things that they spend the most time in, um, that's what their personality is going to be shaped after you know they spend yeah. a lot of time in school we see a lot of issues in the school system the brick and mortar system these days and then they're so they're in a big stressful school system they go home they play video games for however many hours they go they do homework they go to bed like there is just this cycle that needs to be cut because in our in our generations because um electronics has really taken over and we see what the brain does when it's exposed to too much electronics. And there's a lot of science out there, you know, stating that the amount of radiation given off even by cell phones is an unhealthy amount. And it's because we have it on us 24 right. seven. And there is so much, there's so many studies out there. And so um, it's just important to not use technology as a babysitter. And I don't think anyone who's listening to this podcast specifically does that. Like, I don't think they would purposely do anything like that, but it's something to keep in mind where some parents, when they're cooking dinner, they're just like, oh my gosh, my kid's bugging me. Like, here's your tablet, like go play. Um, I've seen that way too often in the nannying business as a nanny. Like I've seen parents do that way too often. And when I would cook dinner with the kids, I would actually show them how to cook dinner. And even if it wasn't perfect, like if they didn't do it the exact way I told them, because I mean, they're three and they don't have motor skills, right. <laughs> it, it's like, I'm not going to get mad at them. It's, it's a learning experience. And I, I just feel as in general, we're using technology for things that it was never meant to be used as. Um, and because of that, a lot of the kids are learning like um, this aggressive behavior because they don't have an outlet. Right. For sure. For sure. Nanning's rough, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love the kids, but man, the adults. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, so give them some old 70s video games to play. I love old 70s video <laughs> games, like Solitaire and... <laughs> no, that was after. Honestly, that was actually... you, know what, you know what my video game was as a kid? The Seven Buckle Stables, Zoo Tycoon, and the paint app oh, on funny. windows that's funny. what was that windows 98 or something windows well yeah well pretty much for you probably yeah it was probably yeah. windows 98 we had like this huge box of a computer and it was hooked up to a tower and stuff and um like a top you know you know what i'm talking about yeah not an actual tower <laughs> desktop tower and uh we would put dvds into the tower for our video games and they'd have to download and sometimes it took like three hours for them to download 
And then we would play those games for maybe an hour a day. We would build our own zoo. We would um, do math games. Like there were a whole bunch of things, but paint was our favorite because we could use the spray paint app. We could use the eraser, different colors. We could make things. Oh my gosh. My sister and I would spend hours on the paint, you know, the paint app. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. We would spend hours on that, just designing things and stuff. Oh, it was great. Yeah. The paint app. That's funny. So much of that stuff was around from the very beginning of Windows too, way back in Windows like 3.1. Right, right. And it's just like those things where I'm just like, if my kid plays video games, like those are the ones they're going to (laughs) play. In the 70s, Atari was really the first on the scene to be commercially successful. And Pong was like the first game that people recall. I remember that. Yeah. Christian video games also started. Um, that far back and they had games that were focused on bible trivia okay um, that emphasized the importance of knowing scripture as technology advanced into the 80s and the early 90s the games became a little more complex and one of the first big christian video games was called bible adventures and this game was actually a collection of three different mini games each coming from an old testament account and the gameplay for all three of these games was comparable to the Mario games made popular by Nintendo. So in the Noah's Ark chapter, you would try to gather as many of the animals as you can into the Ark. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Okay. And, uh, similar adventures would take place in the David and Goliath game and the baby Moses game. Mm, okay. So, that makes sense. so that's the earliest, the beginning of Christian video games, which I think is really interesting that they, there were people that had the foresight enough to want to start to develop these because they knew that, you know, like any other form of entertainment, film, TV, or books, there needed to be the family-friendly audience. Right. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, a lot of the early Christian video games involved stories from the Old Testament. And the stories of Moses and Noah were especially popular ones. Um, There was a game called Exodus that was very popular, which was available in multiple gaming platforms. One of the most uh, successful games that ever came out for Christian video games. Um, Let me see. There was another game called King of Kings and Sunday Fun Day. Um, (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Day. Oh, I hate that so much. Sunday fun day is really interesting. I'm going to read you the description of this one. Okay, tell me. It's different than most other Christian games because it isn't set in biblical times. Instead, it's a skateboarding game, what? which was basically the architecture of a game that was called Menace Beach. So it's a skateboarding game like that. Um, oh and it's about a kid that is trying to make his way to church. And while there's a certain amount of silliness, when you think about the plot, it's still an interesting idea. At and least he's trying to make it to church. Exactly. That's what he's doing. He has skateboarding adventures while trying to get to church. So that's what Sunday fun day is. I, I stand that. All right. All right. It's fine. It, it redeemed itself. I'm, okay. How funny. It's um, crazy. Oh my gosh. Christian video games in the early 2000s also broadened their horizons and went bigger. Um, so instead of most video games, which had been Bible trivia or mini games, Uh, They tried to compete, the Christian market tried to compete on the same level as the secular offerings. And one of the biggest Christian games of all time was the Left Behind Eternal Forces game. So the Left Behind series was already a popular 
book series and they were making movies out of it and you're probably familiar with that right Mm-mm. no oh, really it's, like, it's, it's it sounds like some kind of like rapture stuff or oh something. yeah yeah oh, it is. Sure. um <laughs> so the first of the video games called eternal forces was the first in a series of video games connected with the popular book series okay um and it was a PC game that combined elements from games like Grand Theft Auto, The Sims, Resident Evil, and it created a spooky post-rapture environment hmm. where the player tries to convert believers and enlist allies in a coming war. Hmm. And it isn't a fighting game, though, as it you know may seem like it would be. The fun of the game is more in a world in world building and creating alliances and converts. So that's really what it was. Um, wow. Another popular theme during this time were games that involved music and dance. So Guitar Hero was popular. Dance Dance Revolution was popular. Those were, um, you know, the secular games. And they eventually they received Christian counterparts such as Dance Praise, (laughs) (laughs) which is a PC game that involves a a directional gamepad where the player dances along with the instructions on the screen. Well, I mean, Um, you got praise, you got to praise, man. And Guitar (laughs) Praise. Another computer game that was, yeah, guitar plays. Oh man. I mean, I I, I should I should give them some credit though. Like at least they're doing something. Like at least they're trying. And it says that that game allowed you to play along with top Christian hits. Oh that's what there you go. Yeah. Get your rock star on. And the future of Christian video games um, is kind of coming in on like the Pokemon Go craze. Uh, and uh so lately christian video games have been more focused on like the mobile side of gaming Um, and many of these game apps have simple puzzles and trivia contests that mirror the setup of early 70s and 80s games um you know what's interesting about pokemon go is like i feel like it was such like a like a fad thing like everyone was into it and then all of a sudden it just like disappeared but I remember like so many people in my neighborhood would get like hit by cars and stuff because they weren't watching (laughs) where they were going and then like mm, I was never into it I never really saw the appeal of like Pokemon but at the same time I understood like Pokemon and like the big like corporation it had like it was a big it's still a big thing you know it went from trading cards to pokemon go like there was a lot of stuff affiliated with it so i i get the i get the idea i never played it but like so many kids high school kids would get hit by cars because they weren't well i think what ended pokemon go is it was a huge craze and it was a new type of technology for mobile gaming that we hadn't seen before which was very interesting to how they use the camera to work with the game was revolutionary Right. But I think really what was happening was aside from the safety factor of that, kids getting hit by cars because they're not looking around them, they're looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of the main spots where people needed to meet were in popular parts of town where there would be a popular restaurant or a popular bar on the corner. And now uh, you have kids congregating in front of it. And it just, it became, you know, non-conducive to, to neighborhoods really wanting that going on. You want to know what I used to do? What's that? There used to be an app, and I forget the name of it, but it basically, um, it basically, this is what I used to do to train for running. And it was an app in your phone, you put in your earbuds, and it basically mimicked, um, 
zombie noises so it sounded like zombies were chasing you <laughs> and then you would have to go to certain areas on your map like you would have to pull out your phone and look at the map to get resources like quote unquote resources like water and like weapons and stuff and you would have to run to those areas and then you would have to like oh my gosh they I was really so they fit. did that with the walking dead game it's <laughs> kind of like the pokemon go one they did that already right like, right they stole right? your idea did they how dare they awesome. honestly though like that was fun though like i remember i'm like oh my gosh zombies are teasing me run, 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 run. <laughs> and now i'm just like i would not survive a zombie apocalypse now <laughs> the uh, the people that created pokemon go were actually the team that got hired to do the harry potter game of this the same type of game huh? i know how huge of a harry potter fan you are which is why i'm bringing <laughs> yeah <laughs> disclaimer she is not a harry potter fan if you're mm -hmm. just tuning into this podcast she does not like <laughs> harry potter or I, I hate harry potter i'm sorry guys it's not my thing but, but they wanted to do a similar type of game with harry potter where you would you know your your phone would see things that you could only see in the harry potter world and also your phone could be used as a wand Oh, I kind of remember could, that actually. Could, so, they, but it never really, they never really made it, got it where they wanted it at. So the game wasn't that popular. Right. I mean, I would still take the zombies over Harry Potter, just saying. One popular Christian mobile game that's like this is called A Journey Towards Jesus. Oh. And in this story, you play a young man who is looking to find Jesus. And along the way, you have to answer questions from the Bible and solve puzzles. That actually sounds cool, except I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Can we do we don't get to pick our characters? I guess not. But oh. apparently it's the a similar type of thing where you walk around with your phone and you have to go to particular locations and you know oh. I guess they school you in biblical history along the way. I mean, at least it's it's I mean, at least you have to answer questions and stuff. I feel like that's cool. But as I said uh before, there have actually been over 127 games that have been created since 1980. And they've been on pretty much every major platform. So uh, TRS-80 had them, the Texas Instruments had them, the Commodores, when wow. I scan down the list here of stuff, DOS games, Nintendo games, Game Boy, Sega Genesis, um, Game Boy. <laughs> Windows games, lots of Windows games, Mac games were created. Um, the PlayStation 2 was the first Sony device that had any kind of Christian games. Game Boy Advanced had games. Do you remember, uh, do you remember those game consoles where you would have to blow on the thing before sticking it in? I that was kind of a myth, but a that was the Nintendo. Yeah, that was the, the early that Nintendo. Was, okay, because my friend down the street used to have one when we were really small before we even had Nintendo DSs. Yeah. And uh, we would have like, you would, we would put it in there and then it would like, oh my gosh, it was such a frustrating game. Yeah. But we would spend hours trying to figure out how to swing across the crocodile's lair. Like it was yeah. the funnest thing ever. And the cheat codes were the best thing. You could oh, enter yeah. in, you could do different little cheat codes for stuff. And what you'd be able to do would be like invincible mode. I would just play everything on invincible mode and just <laughs> run through the entire game. Let's go. Da, 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 da. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember those. Those were iconic i don't see a, a bible game until the xbox 360 for microsoft they everything they oh. did before that was windows based but in 2012 mm -hmm. they had bible trivia avatar edition and that was for the 360 um wow. and then i start to see ios games start to happen in 2014 bible abcs for kids and that was ios and android right um playstation 3 had uh, adam's venture 
I'm just kind of scanning the list here to see what platforms, but pretty much every platform for video games has had some form of Christian entertainment. PlayStation I mean, like, 4 has Our Church and Halloween RPG series. Right. <laughs> Logos, uh, the uh, Logos Bible video uh, video game adventure. Um, I see some of the current ones. Jesus in the Matrix. Uh, I wonder okay. what that is. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess we should give them some credit for, like, trying at least. Uh-huh. I feel like it can be kind of controversial, though, to create Christian video games. Because, like I said, if they're not created properly in the right way it can cause a lot of scandal almost right um especially if it's in the context of something like the sims or like grand theft auto like you can base certain like gaming programs off of the ideas you know but like oh i'm gonna steal somebody's donkey like oh okay <laughs> like right. you know but there are certain things where it's just like when you're taking stuff from the bible when it has to do with people's religion and stuff it can be really scandalous sometimes I mean, you don't see any type of, well, maybe I, I can't actually speak, but you don't see like um, Muslim video games or anything like that, really, that I know of at least um, and stuff. So it, it can be like, it can be sketchy sometimes. I'm really w- worried here when I see Bible gems and Bible crush. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little worried what those might be. <laughs> like candy crush, but it, it must be. What? Oh, no. But that's what all I've got for video games. Yeah, I just really wanted to kind of give people a crash course about what was out there for those games because parents will have a difficult choice if they have a kid who has some interest because if your kid isn't out developing his athletic abilities Mm -hmm. or joining school clubs, he is most likely going to be playing games, reading books, watching TV. Something else is going to pass the time. And I think at the, the end of this, really, the more information the parents know, the better. Right. And I also think it comes down to like having a good relationship with your child, like still knowing that like you're the parent and things, but when, but I guess having that respect, you know, and knowing that what your kids do is their own decision, but you still have to be the parent and be like, okay, well, this isn't allowed in my house, like blah, blah, blah. Like that's really important too, is like to set up those boundaries because you can't do anything when they become like at a certain age and they actually do start making their own money and doing stuff like that, but you can set them up for success when they're younger and, you know, put them in like extra, you know, um, what is it? Curricular activities and stuff. Right. Yeah. It it can't, I mean, it can't hurt them to get some fresh air, (laughs) like put them in, you know, soccer or, start a group with them you know and stuff it's it's really not that I mean I guess I probably shouldn't speak too soon that it's not that difficult but it's not hard to sign them up for something you know and they don't even really have to show interest in it right away I feel like a lot of it um, a lot of hobbies that kids you know actually end up getting into are ones that they never would have wanted to get into if their parents had not signed them up for it first right So, and that's what happened to me. I mean, I was in orchestra for five years and I hated like four years of it. The last year was pretty cool though. (laughs) So um, it's one of those things where it's just like, just get your kid out there, you know? Right. For sure. Well, this has been a, this has been a fun one. I hope everyone likes it. When, uh, when Amber and I get off the podcast, we're going to play a nice game of chess. Oh yeah. You know, cause I, I can't, can we play checkers? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never learned. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, when we when we jump off this podcast, I'm going to teach Amber how to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I accept, but I'm a little slow, so. <laughs> oh my! All right, you want to take us out? Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you guys learned a lot from this podcast, and maybe second, you know, guess or second think some video games you guys want to play or if you're a parent and you have a kid maybe go through the video games they play you know just be a little bit more present um, if you aren't right now you know in their social media life make sure you're monitoring and you know being a great parent as always and yeah I will talk to you guys in the next podcast bye guys questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with Amber Rose, The Religious Hippie. Please be sure and rate and review this podcast. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Be sure to like and follow The Religious Hippie on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, or visit her official website at TheReligiousHippie.com. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. And be sure to visit Metatomics.org to see our listings of other unique podcasts.